everyone, this is Editing Jacqueline. Just wanted to let you know that this was recorded a pretty long time ago, so in case anything seems kind of outdated, please try and remember that 2020 has changed very rapidly and a lot has happened. Um, Sophie and I are really excited to bring you a new and improved podcast in 2021. We are going to be uploading on a more consistent schedule. It won't be weekly. It will be probably every other week, but we have some really exciting things planned, and I hope that you stick along for the, with the. Yeah, I hope you stick along with us for this ride. Um, thank you, and have a great end of the year if you're listening to this as soon as I put it out on the internet. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Were the Kids Alright, a podcast where we analyze the books we read as kids. My name is Jacqueline, and I use they, them, or she, her pronouns. And my name is Sophie, and I use she, her pronouns. We're two college students who read a lot as children and now have thoughts. This is usually the place where we talk about death of the author. Over the last couple of months, we have decided that this analytical framework is not helpful to our discussions and actually prevents us from fully analyzing the books we read. From now on, we'll be adhering to the idea that the author's intentions do not matter past the written canon. We also will get into spoilers, so that's your warning for that. For this episode, we'll touch on dubious slash non-consent brought on by people speaking, suicide, using magic powers to fight and kill people, yes, there is still a lot of burning, the kidnapping of a child, imprisonment in a dungeon, and lots of low self-esteem. Woo! (laughs) This week we read Forest Born by Shannon Hale. This is the fourth and final book of Bayern. Thank goodness! We made it! (laughs) Which allows, uh, which follows a completely new character, Razo's little sister, Rin. Rin has tree powers, but she also has some undiagnosed people speaking, which she tries hard to suppress. There is more burning. Have people learned anything from the past two books? Nope. It's up to Izzy, Anna, Dasha, and now Ren to travel to the newly fire-active Queendom of Kel and figure out what the heck is going on. But oh no, the Queen of Kel is Celia, and she wants to grab power and ruin Izzy's life. There are a lot of epic battles against fire and people speaking, but it is Izzy's win, Ren's motivational speaking, and finally, Rin's acceptance of her people speaking that saves the day. Also, Celia um, goes out the window. She jumps out the window. Uh, yeah, this is the suicide yeah, we were talking about. Yeah. Also, <laughs> for those of you who don't remember, Celia is the maid who impersonated Izzy into this girl. Yeah. And she was supposed to, she was sentenced to death, but she escaped it. Yeah. And this book kind of tries to reveal the idea that Celia has been behind the conflicts of the all of the books in this series. Yes. We'll talk about our problems with that a little bit later. Yes. But right now, so let's get into our backgrounds with the books. Yeah. When did you first read this book? Um, I first read it the same as I've been saying for all the books. <laughs> I was in Hungary. I first read it. I think I read most of it in the car when we were in Greece or something. Ooh. Well, I don't know where we were traveling somewhere and there are there I like all the other books of Bayern, there are brownie crumbs in the in the book. <laughs> um yeah. Nice. Um so I actually read this book before I read any of the other books of Bayern. I wow. think I think it just had a more intriguing cover than the other ones did. Um, and I didn't know it was the fourth book in a series when I originally read it. So 
I actually read this book and then went back and read all of the other books in the series. Yeah, so first impressions on the reread. I absolutely loved it. So if you can attest that yesterday after I finished it, I was just yabbing on about how much I loved everything about it. And I know there are problems with it, and it's not a perfect book, but it's pretty damn good, in my opinion. And in my opinion, it sucks! Oh my god. <laughs> um, no, I just don't like it that much. I was very entertained when I first read it. It was actually one of my favorites when I first read it, but um, my opinion has changed drastically over time as I have come to think about its place in the series as a whole. As an individual book with its plot, if you don't think too hard about the implications for the other books, um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a good book. It's like fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I just cannot get over how some of the, the it was Celia all along erases a lot of the nuance that we were exploring in Anna Burning and River Secrets. Yeah, I will agree that that is, like, one of my least favorite parts of the book. Um, but I think if you ignore it, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't like when you have to ignore things. That's what I do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh. I ignore. I willfully ignore things. Mostly things that Xander says. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yep. Um, so shall we start out by talking about the main character of this book, Ren? Yes. Oh my god. Sophie's already so not excited to talk about her. <laughs> so Rin is Raza's little sister. She's been mentioned once or twice in the previous books. Um, but this is the first time we ever like actually meet her. Uh, listeners, you cannot see Sophie putting her head against her arms, inwardly cringing of, about this character. Which I don't understand because I love Rin. She's great. Sophie, your opinion? <laughs> okay, I actually really respected um, Shannon Hale for writing a main character with people speaking. This was much needed mm. after how she did. She didn't really do like everyone else who's had people speaking has been evil, except for maybe Izzy's mom, but like that. Eh, still very manipulative. Yeah also, yeah, also very manipulative. Also, Izzy mentioned that she probably has something balancing her without realizing it. Also, her mom doesn't realize that she has people speaking. Oh, the, no. the people that we've seen who know that they have people speaking, Celia and that weird Silif guy, both S names now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people who are conscious of their people speaking are evil so far but yeah. Rin even after she becomes conscious of it is not yeah evil. yeah there's a lot more I really do like this being explored in the book and I also liked um having a main character who's pretty flawed actually mm, um, yes yeah um I mean Anna was also kind of like that but Anna's arc was totally different um mm -hmm. and so yeah I really respected that but as a as a main character choice, I'm not sure I like it, mainly because we don't know about Rin before, and I would have liked to follow a character that we've already met, especially because mm -hmm. this is the last book in the series, and it's the grand finale, and we're being introduced to a totally new character. 
Also, um, this is going to sound bad, but Rin's kind of boring. <laughs> um, I completely disagree, just so that that's on record. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's just boring. Valid. She doesn't have much going on in her life, which I guess is probably, like, it's a good thing because she ha- she doesn't want to, like, she has this power and then she, she doesn't want to use it. She's making that choice and she's trying to be healthy for herself. But, yeah, I just find her boring. She's also the most self, in like, reader self-inserty character that mm-hmm. I've seen in the series so far. Yeah. She um, definitely has the least actual personality. Yeah. Though I will say at the very end of the book, there's a part where she's like, when she goes back to her homestead and her family, she's like, uh, the book is talking about how now her family is going to get to know the new Rin and how could they have known her before if she'd never voiced an opinion or but what, a question. But who is the new Rin? I wasn't getting any change whatsoever. But I don't think she knows either. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the cool thing. It's just like, yeah, she's, she's going to change. But the whole thing is that she spends most of the book, she's un- very uncomfortable with herself because of like what she's done and um, just like how, like her experiences. So she spends a lot of the book mirroring other people, especially Izzy. And um, although I think this makes a lot of sense for her character, it makes her actual personality very bland. Yeah. Just so then we can like, I don't know, be clear, we should say what she did. So when she was younger, um, this is the dubious consent or no consent. There's no consent in this. She assaults a boy. Yeah. She uses people speaking to coerce a boy um, into kissing her. Yeah. And we find, so originally, um, the way that we're told about this is just that it happened once and that was it. But later on, we see a fuller, uh, more complete flashback of the situation. And it turns out that not only did she use her people speaking in order to force this boy to stay with her and kiss her, but she used her people speaking to completely wreck his self-confidence and tell him that everyone except for her, oh God, notification, bad. Um, everyone except for her hated him and was just lying to him. So she kind of broke him. Yeah. In a really gross way. Yeah, it was, it's bad. Yeah, it's really disgusting and disturbing to read. Though I will say that I give Shannon Hale props for like writing this scene and never, or like, always explicitly condoning it within the text like it's never portrayed as something that's even remotely good yeah and i would say that that is pretty uh progressive for its time or at least i don't know a good way to handle it yeah i just wish that the con like her inner conflict was handled in a more interesting way instead of her choosing to just like kind of be this blank slate character and mute herself that's not interesting for me as a main character, and although it makes sense with humanity-wise, I just don't like it. She's just not interesting to me. She also felt very young, and um, all the other characters are older at this point. They're in their 20s, and she was like, what, 15, 16? Yeah, she turned 16 during the book. Yeah, so she just felt very young in comparison, which made the whole dynamic with... Um, because. Because she spends most of the book with Izzy, Enna, and Dasha, and it makes the dynamic really weird because she is younger than them, so it's more like she's like looking up to all of them, which is fine, except for I love 
it doesn't like quite work as a friendship dynamic yeah i would say i don't really see them as like friends on the same level like maybe they're starting to get there towards the end as rin starts to grow up a little bit but i don't know i really liked the dynamic where like they are different ages and we see this younger girl looking up to them and i get that it kind of feels out of place given the last three books that we got and given that all of those characters were around the same age so this is very much a departure and i don't like that it's a departure very My favorite valid thing about this books about these books are the strong friendships mm-hmm. that carry across the series and this was not that i will say um Part of what I love about Ren is what you don't love about her. The fact that she is such, like, not a blank slate, but that she does deal with her problems through repression so heavily. Yeah. Like, that is so effing relatable. I, and I love it. <laughs> I think that it's a different story if you because re- you read this book first. Like, yeah. that's a different story because you're being introduced to the world through this character who mm-hmm. is a little bit of a blank slate. Yeah. And it's not as disappointing when you have three really great very personality characters mm-hmm. and then yeah. you get disappointed <laughs> it is definitely she is like the weakest main character and like yeah still stronger than dasha though my gosh develop her <sighs> please <laughs> yeah i think considering that dasha wasn't ever a main character she gets a fair amount of development and given no. the amount of screen time that she has Okay. She has a lot of she has a lot of time in River Secrets and she does not become we discussed it last episode. So, yeah. I will say uh we talked about this previously, but I do love seeing Dasha without Razo there all the time. Like I like seeing her interact with other women. I like that too. I just wish we she was more interesting and I kind of wish she wasn't there because I don't think that she adds anything to the story and mm. it's one of those situations where you gotta it's the, one of the things like kill your darlings. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't super add anything to the dynamic. Yeah, and when you have too many characters it gets overwhelming in terms of making sure that the dynamics between the characters and the chemistry between the characters is well developed. When you are focusing on so many people at once um, I was telling Jacqueline yesterday that that's why there are a lot of trios mm-hmm. in fiction. And I will say, I didn't agree with this when you first said it yesterday, but now that I've, I'm thinking about it, I think Dasha, the place where she's at narratively is she's very much like still learning her firepower. And like, the only reason they really needed her is because she's the only one who has water speaking, and that's turned out mm-hmm. to be helpful at an off-screen part in order to get her and Anna out of the prison. But, like... They could have just they used done Anna's wind. Out. Yeah. That would have been True. sufficient. True. I... So, yeah. No, I, I get it now. I don't think that she was necessary, and she is very much kind of like a novice character, but we yeah. have Rin to fill that role. Yeah. Also, um, in terms of Anna... Ugh. If you can hear the beeping in the background, it's because we moved to a new apartment and we're living in a city now. Yeah, we are. It's great, but it's also loud. So, I mean, (laughs) I still think it's quieter than my neighborhood. It's quieter than your neighborhood? Oh my god, that's sad. Um, Uh, But, anyways, yeah, just continue. Okay, so we, Anna has the biggest arc of anyone in all the series because she gets the most time. 
in all the series. Yes. And I think that it would have been good to wrap up her arc and spend more... And, like, cutting Dash, Dasha out would have allowed all of Dasha's time to be spent on Anna and, like, solidifying that. Especially because, mm. like, Anna gets locked out. Like, she does not get to contribute to the finale of this story. True. Which I think is actually really good. Because I think it's it shows her that she can be... That she does not have to be the one fixing things all the time. And she can rely on other people to use their powers. And she doesn't have to rely solely on fire. And I think specifically the fact that she doesn't have to be the one in combat situations yeah. all the time. Like, there are other people who can do that as well. I did really like seeing how Rin used her people speaking in the final yeah. Um, battle, like, using it to, like, bolster someone else's confidence. In I thought this case, that was really good. I think that was so cool and so good, and I, I loved it. I wish that happened earlier on, just so we could have we could have gotten a little bit... That could have been yeah. a little bit more solidified, so we could get a little bit more of the new Rin, or whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. I will say, Rin is a very internal character, which is part of why she doesn't contribute to the plot very much. And yeah. that is so different from the other three She's so books passive. that we've gotten. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being passive. Like, I'm fairly passive. But, mm -hmm. like, as a passive or active character, it's much more interesting to read an active character in fiction. Yeah. I will say, I think it rounds out the world of Bayern a little bit more in that we get to see more of the forest life, which is cool. And we get to see more women in different roles and different situations. Like, we get to see Izzy actually being a queen. Yeah. And we get to see Dasha actually being an ambassador. And... Um, okay, sorry about that, y'all. We had to stop for a brief moment because I got a phone call. And then I had to go get the produce box that we ordered and check our mail. It was a whole thing. But now we're yeah. back to recording, so hopefully we won't have any more interruptions. Um, yeah. So we've talked about Rin a lot in the story just in general. Are there any other characters that we really wanted to dig into that we haven't gotten to yet? Um, well, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, no, we've covered a bunch of other characters no, we, while we've been talking about Rin, I feel like. No, we've talked we, we about Dosh. We've talked about a lot of people. Okay, fine. Um, Okay, yeah, so I think I was saying about Anna that um, I wish that Dasha wasn't there so we could have had a little bit more Anna and focused a little bit on more on Anna's development. I really hated how a lot of the books she was obsessing over the wedding. But, like, it makes sense. She's it makes been sense. through a lot. It makes sense, and she's been through a lot, but I, w but I still think that it discontinued an arc she had i still would have liked to see her grappling with what she did yeah i did like how we got to see razo grappling with it that was really interesting to me yeah yeah because at one point we get razo telling rin about how it felt to be the one protecting anna yeah, while was, she was burning i couldn't remember what book that was in but i've referenced that in previous episodes of the podcast that that is like a really really real mm -hmm. thing that i wish they explored a little bit more in river secrets yeah yeah i wish it had been 
covered before this, but I'm glad that we got it at all. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good, that was a very good moment. Mm-hmm. I think the other character that gets the most development is obviously Izzy. Yeah. Oh, wait, before we move on from Anna, actually, mm-hmm. Rin and Anna should have really, I think they could have really connected over the fact, because they both got corrupted by power. And they're both from the forest. Yeah, so I just wish they had a little bit more of a moment. Yeah, that would have been cool. Which, also, if we didn't have Dasha there, we probably could have gotten, but I do get wanting to keep the three of them together and just trying to add Rin into it, but it didn't really work. No, there's no reason for Dasha to be there. Does Izzy know Dasha? No. Does Enna know Dasha? Barely. (laughs) I will say there is a point that they bring up at the very, very end where Izzy is like, I'm really glad that Dasha was here because she's the ambassador to uh, Tira. And it's good that there was someone else from a different kingdom and it's not just the queen of Bayern saying these things about the queen of Kel. That could have been a conflict that could have been a thing rather than her being like, oh, yeah, I'm glad she could have been like, oh, yeah, I wish that Dasha was here. Yeah, that honestly could have been an interesting thing to worry about. Yeah. And then it almost would have been more helpful for Rin to talk to the king of Kel. Yeah. Um, I I liked that scene a lot. She also has probably more connection to Tira than Izzy does because her brother is in Tira a lot. So she could have Mm -hmm. used that position to speak a little bit for Tira. Yeah. Yeah, I really... There's a part at the end after all the action happens where they're, like, trying to get everything settled where the king and Rin talk and it's really great. Mm -hmm. And Rin basically, like, kind of uses her... um, people speaking ability but she more so uses it in like trying to understand what he needs to hear yeah instead of which i think is such a cool way of framing people speaking in like a good light it's like someone who's really good at role plays (laughs) and by role plays i do not mean like role playing like you know insects no yeah i mean role plays as in um this thing at our school where it's basically just an emotional support situation yeah, it's a way to practice emotionally supporting someone yeah. through like pretending that you yeah, have there's to normalization, be, yeah. validation, mirroring. <sighs> yep, <laughs> all the things that Rin is really good at. Yes, would you be comfortable? <laughs> a lot of would you be comfortable? One of our friends absolutely hates any time we mention role plays, so that's for you, Quirk. <laughs> yeah, but also Quirk does not recognize when we're not role-playing and when we are role-playing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she cannot tell. She can't. Evidence. It's very funny. Last night when she asked about the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, back on topic. So, can we talk about Izzy now? Or should we talk about Razo before we talk about Izzy? Let's talk about Izzy. Okay. Um, let's just get it out here. I loved seeing more Izzy. I mm-hmm. wish we saw... No, I'm fine with the amount of Izzy we saw before. It made sense within the context of the book. She's also a queen, so, like... Yeah. Um, but I really like seeing her more. I also... Like, I... She's so mature now, and yeah. I love that. And she, like, really knows herself. And... But then she still is really nervous about protecting people. And I like how we got to see her through Rin's eyes because Rin really looks up to Izzy and loves seeing how confident Izzy is and tries Mm -hmm. to mirror that. But then when she talks to Izzy about it, 
Izzy reveals that she doesn't feel confident. Yeah. Which is so cool. It's like imposter syndrome 101. Yeah. I also think that there was an element, the fact that the queen is like literally going on some journey without any protection. Like I know she has wind powers, but Mm. what is a wind power going to do when you don't? Well, I guess Enna's there as well. And yeah. she's like head fire power yeah, girl. Yeah, but still, like she's she's going off on her own. Even mm-hmm. though she had that whole year when she was a goose girl, she still lived a very isolated life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It would have been it would have been nice to see a little bit more of a callback to that, recognizing she's a sheltered queen. Yeah, yeah. They kind of played on that with Dasha. Because Rin notices Dasha a lot because yeah. Dasha and Raza are together and Rin is da- Raza's yeah. sister. So they kind of make Dasha into the one who, like, Rin expects not to know anything about outdoorsy stuff. And if we didn't have Dasha there, that could have been Izzy. Yeah, it could have been Izzy. Also, something that has been continuous throughout the series is Izzy being really good at imitating sounds. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, like, really good at, like, imitating, um, like different accents and also like wearing the right clothes yeah but i'm surprised this should i think it would have been really really interesting if there was a conflict where izzy did take on the accent or whatever and she was doing all this stuff but she doesn't know the culture at all so Mm. it would have been interesting if there was a moment of disconnect where it kind of showed that she can imitate but she can't like actually understand that would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I just... She's so good. She's become such a powerful queen. <laughs> and it's really cool, I think, that... I don't know, that she's allowed to go on this adventure, even though she is the queen. And I liked the way that she, like, kind of argues with Garrick yeah. at the beginning, where she's like... It, like... Uh, what does she say to him? I don't quite remember, but it's basically, like the king needs to stay safe and that's why they can't both go yeah and that's really cool stupid for them to both go yes it would be stupid yeah but i like the framing of it where like it's okay for the queen to go because she's with her super powerful friends and she's super powerful and she's super powerful but it would be dumb for the king to go because he was just injured literally every book (laughs) is there a book where he's not injured Maybe River Secrets, but he's not in River Secrets. He's injured in every book. Is he injured in the first book, Goose Girl? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Garrick needs to be wrapped in bubble wrap, I think. Maybe he should, like, stop putting himself in the line of action. Yeah, he, he should clearly just let the manly man Finn take care of it for him. I, he should also probably let his wife take care of it more <laughs> often. Yeah, that is very true. I also super love seeing Izzy as a mother. Yeah. Like, she is this, like, super powerful queen, but she also makes time for her son a lot. And I think in those moments, we can really clearly see the effect that her own childhood had. Yeah. Where, like, she was ignored by her mother. So she's trying not to repeat the mistakes of the past, which is so good. Yeah, I really like this. Also, like, gotta love a healthy royal family. Yes. Like, yeah, they're dictators, but hey, their family dynamic is good. Could be worse. (laughs) Oh my god, the part where um, Celia is saying, like, 
she wanted to try and marry the king uh or the prince of tira but then (laughs) she didn't because he has no actual power yeah i thought that was so funny yeah it's like tira escaped celia yeah because they have a more democratic system Though, let's be real, a democratic system is something that Celia could presumably take advantage of. Oh, she would be on top Like, can of you imagine? She would... She, okay, if we're talking who can beat Trump, Celia can beat Trump. <laughs> but do we want Celia instead of Trump? Who's worse, Celia or Trump? Um, there, Trump? I don't see there being that much of a difference. <laughs> They're kind of the same. <laughs> Trump? Probably a pedophile, considering the fact that he was friends with okay. Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Celia tried to kidnap a child and was slightly creepy about it, but okay. probably doesn't Hear want to have out. sex with children. Trump is better than Celia, because Celia is way more mani- manipulative, and I'm... I think Celia is a little bit more comparative to Pence, in the fact that she is very manipulative and she knows that she's yeah. manipulative. She reminds me of Dick Cheney. I don't know that much about Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> Bush is vice president. Oh. Second Bush is vice president. Okay. He had two? Did the first one die? No, the are two Bushes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused because I thought presidents, if they get a second term, they usually don't switch their vice president, do they? I mean, they have. That must be rare. Yeah. Can you imagine being the vice president who doesn't get picked the second time? That would be a full-on oh, snub. Oh, yeah, that, that would be sucky. Okay. Yeah. Back on topic. Um, <laughs> so. Izzy's for, great. Yeah, Izzy's great. Um, we love her. Yeah, I... Ooh, um, the other thing I wanted to say about, like, I loved Izzy in this book because as soon as Celia pops back up at the end and they, like, see face-to-face... Izzy just, like, freezes. Mm-hmm. Like, she's still... She's, like, thrown back yeah. to her childhood mentality. And you were you brought up yesterday that if Shannon Hale hadn't made the rule for herself where she couldn't write the same main character twice, yeah. this book would have been really good from Izzy's perspective. And then I also said that she could never pull that off marketing-wise because yeah. YA books can't sell a YA book with the mother main character unless that mom is a teen yep but I think that scene in particular would have been so cool to see from Izzy's perspective yeah yeah because she just she's immediately thrown backwards to her childhood self and you can clearly see it through Rin's eyes and it's just so so fascinating and like I have definitely been in a similar situation, I sort of, where, like, you know, you have your childhood bully, and then, like, you both grow up, and you see that childhood bully years later, and you're different people now, but it's Mm -hmm. still kind of, like, oh, shit type moment. Yeah. I mean, there's this one kid who was mean to me in elementary school, Mm -hmm. and I, like, figured, I talked to someone who went to school with this person, and... The person who was mean to me, like, had a really hard time, wasn't doing so hot. Oh, yeah. My (laughs) elementary school bully was this girl who was mostly acting out because her mom had just been diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. But she was also a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) But then there was also the girl from my camp who bullied me my first couple of summers. And this is the one that really made me connect with Izzy's um, Mm -hmm. 
thing right here. I saw her or I saw a girl who she was friends with years later in high school, in the high school locker room while we were changing out of our gym clothes. And I saw this girl that was friends with my bully and it was like, oh my God, is she gonna notice me? Do I look different enough from when I was a child? And mm -hmm. I did, I had cut my hair by that point. So she did not recognize me, but I recognized her and it was kind of like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think Shannon Hale does a really good job writing the effects of trauma on people. Yeah. That's a short way she of saying it. She does a really good job writing Izzy and Anna. Yeah. She, because those are the two books she intended to write. So it yes. comes across as. They feel much more intentional. Yeah. And they feel a lot more like lived in mm. characters and this is a problem with a lot of books that switch main characters. Mm -hmm. Their original main characters are just, like, way more developed and interesting than the ones they introduce later. Mm -hmm. um, you, the Lunar Chronicles, which I'm not sure you read. I but, have not. Um, so the first, it's multi-point of view. So even though they focus on a new person in every book, you still get perspectives from all the other characters. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, but they still introduced all the new people later. So uh, the new people like Cress and Winter were boring as all hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very similar issue to what the Percy Jackson books faced with the Heroes of Olympus series. And I think the one good thing that Rick Rorden did in that case is the first book in that series doesn't have really... It has almost no characters from the first Percy Jackson series, and Percy Jackson isn't in that first book, so we get to like spend time with a completely new trio of people. But then the second book, you're reintroduced to Percy Jackson, and obviously, Percy Jackson, we've spent like an entire series with him already, so he's the Too most long. developed character. <laughs> oh my god, no it's not. <laughs> I do not like Percy. You don't have to, but I love him. <laughs> yes. Going back to Anna for a second. Yes. Because I just thought of something. Mm -hmm. I've said this before earlier in the podcast, but why Anna should learn how to use a sword. She should learn <laughs> other methods of self-defense besides fire, mm -hmm. and I think that would be really healthy for her. Yeah. And Finn is the manly man who knows all about swords, so it would be so... They should have had a scene where he taught her. That would be yeah. so romantic if he like a scene between <laughs> them, him teaching her to how to use the sword. I do really love how Finn and Anna aren't like this perfect couple after they get together. Yeah. And we talked about this in the last book as well, where they still have issues. But I love how even though they're about to get married, they're still having fights and conflicts that they have to work through. And that's yeah. so realistic and kind of beautiful to see. Yeah, because you don't really. Anna, yeah, Anna and Finn that. are like the most consistent like relationship arc over the entire series. We're on this journey with them for book one, mm -hmm. and I wish we saw a little bit more of it. Yeah, yeah, I do love that we get to see Razo and Dasha together more. I would like it better if Dasha was remotely interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, I thought of something else that I wanted to say about Rin earlier. Um, we're just jumping all over the place. I, this is fun. It yeah. does not matter. Um, so I said this, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I just want to say it on the podcast. I feel like Rin read to me as very much a um, neurodivergent character. 
like the fact that she so readily like turns to mirroring and like all those sorts of coping mechanisms and the just trying to be perfect and fit in and be quote unquote normal. I don't know. It felt really real to me and I loved it a lot. And yeah, I feel like we don't have enough characters in YA who read like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. She or just who are yeah. explicitly neurodivergent without them making it into a tokenization thing. Yeah. Yeah, because like Rin isn't explicitly neurodivergent, but oh, also yeah, I don't think Shannon Hale. I don't think she intended that. Fair enough. But I think she un- I think Shannon Hale unintentionally created a character who will feel very real to a lot of neurodivergent people um, because of like the way that Rin talks about herself growing up and like I don't know all of the inner struggles that she goes through. And she might not have been intended to be a neurodivergent character, but I like that I can read her as one. And I think that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Razo? Yeah, we should probably fine. talk about Razo. He's in it somewhat. Consistently fine. I do think that after doing all this development with him in the last book, he kind of went back to being comic relief. Yeah. I didn't enjoy that. It's kind of like how people treat Ron Weasley post um, Harry Potter. I will say he seems a lot more confident than he did, which I think is good. Um, But I do think a lot of his development that happened in the last book was internal. Yeah. Or, like, situational, like, you know, in a okay. war. This is a really hot take, because oh, I God. know how much Shannon Hale loves Razo. I think that Razo did not need to be in this book that much. I don't think Razo yeah. or Dasha need to be in the book this mu- that much. I think that they could, they should have been in the story, mm-hmm. but, like, a little bit more. Maybe they're doing something else mm-hmm. in Terra. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I just don't think that they're that necessary. You know, I actually really agree with that. Shannon Hale has said before that, like, Razo is literally her favorite character and he keeps writing himself into her books no matter how hard she tries, but she, she could have tried a little harder. Yeah, also, um, Razo's arc, like, this is going to sound so bad, but it's finished. Yeah, no, he doesn't, like, his arc was gaining confidence and he did that. Yeah, and the thing is, like, his arc was very simplistic. Yes. With Anna, her arc is not simplistic, so you can do... It's like an ongoing thing. You can do it all the time. Razo's arc was very simplistic, and so now that it's, like, complete, mm-hmm. the most you can do is develop a new arc, but then you can't develop a new arc in the when background. you're about to end the series. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think you're right. Enna's arc is also... Enna and Izzy both have arcs that can be done more in the background, so, like, they don't need to be the main focus of something, but Razo's arc was so simplistic that it doesn't really uh, work itself into, like, developing the background. Except yeah. for the part where he, like, talks about the trauma of yeah. protecting I Anna. I also thought it would have been a good idea to not have Razo in there, just make Rin stand out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Without her, like, being Razo's younger sister. Yes. Though I will say I like how um, the reason why she goes to the city in the first place is because 
Dasha and Razor like, hey, you're acting kind of weird. You might want to get away from the homestead for a bit. Come join us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I really liked that. I liked that part. But then I think they didn't need to be involved in the going to Kel part. True. I think they were a good like bridge mm-hmm. to get Rin into the world of the other characters. Yeah. But they were not necessary for the rest of the plot. Can you imagine how rich the story could have been if it just focused in on Anna, Izzy, and Rin? Yes. It would have been really cool. Yeah, I think I would have liked Rin a lot better if there had been, like, less clutter with all the different characters in it. Mm, that's valid. And I understand why Shannon Hill did it, because at the same time, it's, you know, it's the finale. It's like what the Avengers did. They put in all <laughs> the freaking characters because it was mm-hmm. the finale in Endgame. And they didn't freaking need to. Yep. Yes, very true. I think also that, I don't know. I feel like I liked seeing Rin and Razo's interactions when they were hiding in the forest. And I really did love those scenes, especially the parts where Rin is like trying to tell Razo about her people speaking. And eventually when she finally says it to him... And, like, he's the first person that she's able to talk to about mm-hmm. it. I think that was really good. And, yeah. like, solid sibling relationships. That could have been Emma, though. Because Emma also went through some stuff. And so I think it would have been really cool if it would if it was Anna. Yeah, and that would also be um, a good distinction, I think, for Rin's character development. Because she does see herself very much as her mother's shadow, and Razo's little brother, or little sister, sorry. Um, So having her connect with Enna could have been really cool. Yeah, and I honestly think it would have been interesting if, like, because Razo was in this position, because they would have gone hard after Enna because they know how powerful she is if, like, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. brought out all the big guns to deal with Enna, and then Rin, like, would slip through slip through the cracks which is kind of what happened yeah it is what happened but i i think that instead of having enna locked up yeah it would have been interesting to be have like that whole thing of them being more yeah i didn't like yeah now that you've said it i really don't like the fact that enna wasn't involved in the final fight at all because they kind of make some jokes throughout the book where Izzy is like, ah, oh, you wouldn't be able to kill anyone. You wouldn't even be good at it. And Rin can tell that she's, like, joking and cares a lot that Enna doesn't kill anyone ever again with her fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been really interesting to see Enna in a situation where Izzy's life is in danger. Yeah. I think it would have been good if Enna did play the role of, like, keeping all the fire people off of Izzy and Rin. Mm-hmm. So they could defeat Silly. Celia without fire being a distraction. Yes. Because Celia is that powerful of a people speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also could have... I don't know. This is maybe kind of world-breaking, but it would have been so cool if Dasha had taught either Izzy or Enna water speaking. Can you have all those... What happens if you have yeah. three gifts? Do you need to I don't know. Fourth? I don't know. I can see Izzy just full-on learning literally everything. Yeah. Like, I bet she could do water. I bet she could do tree. She would never touch people speaking. Mm-hmm. I also don't Though think... Though, I don't can... think you can learn people no. speaking. I think you have to be born with it. Also, I think fire is the only one you can learn very easily. And wind, it was hard to learn. Yeah. But it was able to be taught. Yeah, wind also takes a really long time to solidify because you have to hear all those things on the wind. You have to, like, wind is, like, literally a language. Yeah. 
And then the trees are more of a listening thing and less of... It's more similar to wind. Yeah. Sort of. More similar to animals, Did we just cross over to world building? Kind of, yeah. Okay, I think I'm good with that. I think we talked a lot about characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think world building wise... um, I wish we had been introduced to Kel as a kingdom earlier. I wish we had been introduced to all these... I wish we had been introduced... I'm glad they introduced Tira early on. Mm-hmm. I wish we had been introduced to um, Yasid early on. I wish we had been introduced to Kel early on. And as I said before, I think that it would have been so interesting to have Kildenry involved in the conflict with Tira. Yeah, I kept getting really confused because Kel and Kildenry both start with Ks, and I was like, wait, are they in Kildenry? And why are they calling this guy King whatever his name is instead of, I don't know, like, Izzy's brother? Because mm-hmm. that's who the king would yeah. be? Yeah, again, like, I... My headcanon for why the alliance between Baron and Kildenry was so important was because there were all there's already tensions with Tira and they needed another ally to solidify mm-hmm. Baron's position against Tira. Yeah. Like I don't know. They should have yeah. I'm still kind of pissed about how they just kind of like pushed Helgenry to the I, side and never I hate like that so much. Yeah. Cuz like is Izzy's mom still alive? Is she dead yet? We yeah, we Who's saw Napralina for one second yeah. in the last book and I'm like, "Oh, hi Napralina." You were visiting Izzy, so Izzy still has connection with her family. Like, what? Why didn't mm-hmm. we hear this before? Yeah. And why didn't it come up at all in this book? Yeah. I, to be honest, I think it would have been way more interesting if they didn't do Kells at all. They did this whole plot in Kildenry. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. how interesting would it be if Celia had returned to Keldenry and seduced, um... Izzy's brother. <laughs> Caleb Longcrew. Yeah. Because yeah. he was the next in line. Yeah, it would have been, like, dicey. Uh, it would have been kind of if you well, given ages. I think he would have been 18, but still messed up. Yeah, but that would have added another layer of her, like, she's power awful. hungriness. Yeah. Like, and she's even willing to marry a teenager. Yeah, and she. I think that if she could have, like, she and Izzy's mom could have had this epic, epic thing where maybe she would kill Izzy's mom. Yeah. Because you can't have two people speakers yeah. in the same country. Yeah, and I think that would have been so cool. Also, there's no king to deal with. They're just the siblings, mm-hmm. and I think that it could have been interesting to... All these siblings are cowering, and they could have taken up the the role that the king kind of played, and Rent could talk to the siblings. Yeah. And then, I don't know, we would get to see how... Izzy's relationship with her family has developed. Yeah. Which would have been really cool. There are a lot of fanfiction things in this episode. I mean, just like, this book is such a departure from what Mm -hmm. we've seen previously that it is the one that feels the most malleable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think she knew she needed a... She knew she needed an ending to the series, but she had no idea what to do to make the whole thing cohesive. Yeah. Agreed. Because you can't end... She could She could have ended it all in The Goose Girl, but then once you write Anna Burney, you can't end on a mass murder. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> no. And then with River Secrets, like, yeah, sure, you could have ended with that, but then also... It's not 
It's like kind of a satisfying ending, but it's not the most satisfying it could have been. No, because it doesn't wrap up stuff with the magic. I think they needed to wrap up more with the magic and more with the plot about people learning fire all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, every single time, I say this every single Book of Baron episode, where I want them to develop a rehabilitation center for people with magic where they can develop where they can find something to balance and also um just have a situation where they can send people around like maybe magic people who are like hey i'm gonna go and help you with your fire or something yeah yep yeah and then they can get seed to help them I, I'm not going to let this go. Okay. Well, good thing we're in the last episode of the Books of Bayern, so yeah, we can they stop also talking need to, about like, this. Publicly, they need to publicly acknowledge that fire is a problem. They need, to be, they need to send out a decree that says, like, hey, you can learn this gift, but believe me, it, will, it could it, kill you. It could kill you, and it has killed people, and the only way for it not to kill you is if, is if you have this balancing thing, so don't go there. I think... A really cool direction for the kingdoms to move in is for them to create some sort of like coalition in order to address the problem of magic like a united nations yeah sort of united nations but only focusing on magic and honestly yeah. that would help baron and tira's peace situation if they mm-hmm. both got together and was like hey so this fire thing yeah because both sides used it in the war and yeah. they both hurt each other with it. So it could be kind of like a, hey, this is an, an acknowledgement of all of the shit that's gone down. And also, here's how we're going to try to address it. Yeah, and also, if Kildenry was the one that Celia took over, and then there is burning spreading to Kildenry, mm-hmm. like, that's an issue. Because then, then that's personal to Izzy, because that's Baron's ally. Uh-huh. And also, if this coalition had been built before Celia took over... That would be, like, I don't know, a cool, like, hey, the UN's gonna go fix this thing. Yeah, or maybe, like, Baron and Tira did it individually, and then it spread to Kildenry, and they're like, oh, no, we need, we have... We have to work together. Yeah, we need to expand this to the entire world. Yeah. I could also see them developing, like, a UN-type situation after uh, the situation with Celia, because now they've, like seen how it can spread and it can cause damage in tons of different ways mm-hmm. so i could see uh the all of the kingdoms getting together after that yeah and eventually there's going to be revolution <laughs> and i can imagine fire being used in that revolution mm-hmm. like it's going to get messy like revolutions spread there are revolutions in the princess academy situation you can't sustain a dictatorship for many many years yeah especially with magic in your world i think the only way for the current political systems to have even a chance of holding on to power is for them to address the magic in their world and figure out how to deal with it in a safe way yeah and then i imagine baron doing a gradual transition to democracy agreed agreed because i don't know they've already started to kind of change politically 
in the not Bayern, but Tira has changed. Well, no, the within Bayern because they um they've started accepting the forest born people. Okay, that's <laughs> it's a step. That's a step. That's mostly a prejudice thing. That's not them changing how dictator. I know, but by acknowledging that the forest people are citizens of Bayern, <laughs> it widens the people that are like can influence. Um, yeah. Politics. I don't know. How can they influence politics if they literally have no power because the monarchy is only... I don't know, my dude. The only power people who are not royalty or ministers have is to see the king on Sundays or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm envisioning the fact that Izzy is friends with so many different types of people from different parts of yeah. the society as, like, that moving her ter- towards a more... Yeah, and I also see Izzy yeah. being called out by a lot of people. And yes. her, like, learning a lot from being called out because Izzy has put herself in a position where she's open to that kind of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. She definitely feels like the type of leader who would not mind. Or, not who would not mind, but, like, who would be receptive to yeah. criticism, which is healthy and good. And she'll definitely pass that on to her son. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Your son is going to be, like, too well-adjusted for his son. <laughs> he's going to be so good. Tuscan, his name is so dumb, but he's going to be such <laughs> yeah, a good it's, kid. It's really, it's, that, that name does not age well. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't age well. Also, what name does Napolina give the prince? Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Do we ever find out? I don't think we ever find out, but I really hope it's not Tuscan. Or yeah. Uncle Lad. That's Ugh. remember Uncle Lad. Isn't that Finn's mother? No, that's Celia's. That Celia's significant oh. other from the Goose Girl, who was oh the blonde man. Yeah. Um, okay, so we haven't talked about this yet, but we said we are going to. Um, how Celia being behind everything. Mm. Cheap. Well, not cheapens. Just it kind of cheapens yeah. the. The historical tension. Yeah. So, basically, what happens is Celia says that she's the one who's been behind everything the whole time. Like, she's the one who, uh, she, like, went to Yasid after she escaped and figured out how you can teach people fire speaking. And then she gave that to someone in Tiras to, like, start the war and used her people speaking to, like, ignite a war, basically. And then, like, you know, that happened. and Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense because I don't understand. I know Celia wants to be queen or whatever, but I don't understand her motivation for, like, doing all, going to all this trouble when, mm-hmm. when is she, she's going to get herself caught. And she does. Yeah. I think, I don't know, what makes, I think what makes sense to me is Tira is, it seems like Tira is the closest kingdom to Bayern, so it makes sense that she would flee there first. Kildenry is also close, and she had a mom mm, in Kildenry. Kildenry is not close, it took them, like, a quarter of the first book to travel there. Kildenry is closer to the capital than Tira is. I don't the, know. No, the reason why it didn't seem like Tira was that far away was because Tira was invading and taking over Bayern villages. Oh. Interesting. Maybe she should have just gone to Kel first, because they got to Kel in, like, four days. (laughs) Um, But anyways, she goes to Tira first, and I guess maybe she started 
picking up on the tensions that Tira already had with Bayern mm-hmm. historically. She stirs the pot. Yeah, she does stir the pot. I just but don't like it. Fair. Because think one person can change the world? No. <laughs> it's not very Oberlin of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our, Only if that person was already in a position to change the whole world. Our colleges, like... I don't know, slogan, tagline for all of the admission stuff is, think one person can change the world, so do we. Yeah, yeah I don't like it. I don't understand. I understand Sully's motivation in the first book, but I just don't get her anymore. Yeah, I feel like she's almost been driven mad by her experiences. She's kind of become a flat villain. Like, she's just, like, power hungry, like, generically power hungry. Though, I think her history with Izzy adds some spice Yeah, but that spice it. was there before, and it's been weakened. Yeah, that's fair. Also, with Celia, it could have been interesting. If you wanted to bring back Celia, I honestly think that bringing back Celia, it makes sense to bring her back, but I would only bring her back, um, like, say, having her try to crawl up the ranks and kill Denri. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, having to, like, claw her way back up there, and then that creates a complex where she obviously hates Izzy, and... And that would also explain the amount of time that it takes. Yeah, and she also is can probably be, like, if I'm not in power, like, people are going to kill all my friends and kill everyone I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because, um... Izzy and her friends legitimately killed, like, all of Celia's friends. They're not really her friends. Well, They're more her followers. Yeah, well... People yeah. she's brainwashed into loving her. Uh-huh. Which is a shame. Yeah, I just wish... I just don't get Celia. Mm-hmm. And... I don't... They did a really good job with the new villains that they added. Like, Silith. Silith was... Silith was... Cr- Creepy, like he was really <laughs> messed up, but he made he was a little too good to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this goes back to the whole thing where like Goose Girl and Anna Burning feel like they were very planned out, and the stories feel very like I don't know, maybe not well planned, but like they're really strong. Yeah. Also, as a politics major. Mm-hmm. The way that Shannon Hale grounded her, her first three, the, the three books in, like, real political tension and, like, historical political tension and just, like, all these different dynamics that lead to peace and just tension within mm-hmm. two different societies coming together. Like, I like that a lot. It was really Having cool. one person be responsible for doing that... I've learned so much history and politics over the years, and never once is, like, something started because of one person. Groups of people, yes, but one person, no. I feel like there's a way to interpret this that is less giving Celia credit for... I feel like Celia is giving herself credit for literally everything, whereas, like... Yeah, she was but, really just the final spark that ignited the flame. But Izzy, Anna, Dasha, and Ren believe Celia. Yes, and I think that is bad, and I wish that that had been called out in the text. Yeah, that she literally did nothing. 
Well, she didn't do nothing. But I think it's probable and like still makes sense story-wise for her to like influence these political events and like it makes sense with her people speaking and her grab for power okay here's the thing celia is lazy as all hell i mean kind of there's no way that she would be going traveling to all these different places it would take her so long and the payoff is not that probable because she has to get to all these powerful people who are in all these different places. I just don't. I just don't buy it. And I don't she's. Think, I don't she's, think she's that lazy. To be completely honest, she's a big honest. presence. Well, based off of what she said in the Goose Girl. But she makes so many plans and like executes them. I think she wants to be lazy eventually. Oh yeah, by lazy I don't mean. I mean that she will always choose the easy way out. That's fair. I think she also always relies on other people to do the dirty work. But I don't yeah. classify that as being the same as Lizzie. I don't see... I don't just don't see her as doing it herself, basically. But even if she's talking other people into doing it for her, that's still her doing something. Yeah, I kind of would have liked to see her, like, be a little pathetic. And... Or mm-hmm. not, not pathetic, but, like, just, like, having a really hard time after the goose curl and, like struggling to find people to use because she's literally in hiding yeah i think they kind of imply that she might have had to do some things that she's not proud of when they try and talk to her about how she got out of her execution and she's like i made friends with the guard and it's kind of implied by izzy that did she have sex with the guard she might have had sex with the guard in order to get out um and I don't know. Celia. Well, <laughs> maybe not. Oh, yeah, well. I feel like she's definitely the type of person who would be willing to use her sex appeal as, like, a power move. Yeah, it still sucks. Yeah, no, of course. But I don't know. I feel like she would be willing to do that. And I wish we had been given the chance to actually see that i think that would have been cool i just wish it wasn't her she can do she can like do things like maybe she hears about what's happening she's like "Ooh, so this is already going on let me give you a nudge like let me tell you about izzy's weakness or whatever Mm -hmm. or like maybe she spreads the rumors that izzy's a witch yeah yeah hmm Yeah, I feel like what if this had been like a planned out conclusion to the series from the very beginning, it would have been really cool to see. um, Hmm. Oh, that's what I don't like about it. It's not planned out. It doesn't feel planned out. It feels like it's very jarring. Yes, exactly. And if we had been able, maybe if there had been like an epilogue in each book that was like, here's what Celia's up to. I really hate epilogues. Okay, maybe like a prologue? Do you hate prologues? No, here's what I think. (laughs) I think that instead of retconning, Mm -hmm. Shannon Hale should have relied on a completely new plot that didn't that didn't like be like, oh, here's explaining stuff that I already frickin' explained. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that Celia maybe trying to find power, maybe she took advantage of what was already going on so she could claw her way up back up to power elsewhere while everyone's distracted. 
Because mm-hmm. I can see her being really rattled after Izzy beat her like that. In Goose Girl? Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah, this book definitely does not feel planned out, but I still really liked it. And I think that is mostly because it was the first one that I read. Which, I don't know, it makes sense. Yeah, well, how does it change your perspective on the series, like, knowing that Sally is behind everything? To be honest, I kind of forgot. Um, I think... It just... I guess it doesn't really make sense to me and you don't see it in the first three books well you see it in the first book obviously but it it doesn't feel like she's behind it yeah in the second two books so thus i don't know to be honest i ignore it every single time because i know i know that explanation but i ignore it yeah like it just it doesn't feel like she's present in those books so yeah i don't know yeah you know honestly silif was the yeah creepiest very creepy Creepiest guy i don't like the idea though it doesn't really say that he ever interacted with cilia because i feel like if he had interacted with cilia that would have been wild because they both had people speaking i don't think that would have worked out because they both would have wanted to be in control yeah it would have been so cool to see that which is why i would have liked a a confrontation with cilia and izzy's mom where Mm -hmm. cilia kills izzy's mom Mm mm-hmm um i was just looking through the notes that i made while i was reading um i only made it for like the made notes for like the first seven chapters and then like the last chapter but i just read at the bottom and no 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 no. i want i want to say it you don't get to say it i'm not going to say it but i'm disturbed okay so there's a part in chapter seven where this is what these are the three lines here's um i thought we weren't going to talk about that kind of thing no we always have to talk about it Here's what the book says. Izzy sighed. Nothing. He just likes to see me get angry. I don't like it, Garrick said. I... Izzy gave him a warning look. Not another word, your majesty. The implication here is that Garrick is turned on by Izzy being angry and passionate. And what I wrote in my notes is Garrick gets pegged. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Every time. We have to. <laughs> Every time. We had to come back to sex at least a little bit. Okay, well, let's talk about Rin. Let's talk about Rin's sexuality. Well, Can right. I? But Garrett gets pegged. This is important. Um, yeah, sure. Oh my god, you don't even care. Well, Izzy and Garrick, it's been implied that they're into some kinky stuff. They definitely are. Yeah. And I absolutely adore it. Yeah, though, here's the thing. My guess, Anna and Finn... I think I said otherwise when we were talking about Anna Burning, but now that I think about it, they're probably very vanilla. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> also, Finn is the most vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Finn is the type of guy who would be like, um, I don't know, they bring like fuzzy pink handcuffs into their sex life, and he's like, this is the most scandalous thing ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Anna would be, like, on top or something. And he's like, oh my god, scandal! <laughs> Why? Why? I think Dasha and Razo probably have a pretty normal sex life, but, like, not as vanilla They're as actually Finn. having premarital sex. The other two <gasps> couples did not. Yeah, fair. Well, my guess is that they're having premarital sex. 
headcanon, Tira doesn't care as much as Bayern does about pure premarital sex. Well, so. Tira's more progressive than Bayern. Exactly, which is why and Dasha... Also, Dasha is probably would have knows sex. about birth control. She's probably mm-hmm. she's probably like, oh yeah, in Tira we have this thing. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Uh, you want to talk about Rin's sexuality? Yeah, so Rin. Rin, you talk about how much you admire Izzy, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. She's cool. There's a part where <laughs> at... Anna and Finn's wedding, she, it, the text literally says her eyes keep getting drawn towards Anna because she looks so beautiful. Though she does also follow that up by saying that she is trying to look at Anna through Finn's eyes and wondering what it would feel like to, I don't know, look at someone with so much love and be looked at with so much love. Oh. And I feel like there's a very strong chance that Rin could be aromantic. Yeah, well, that's what I, that's what my initial thing to go to is, like, on the ace spectrum. Yeah. That's, that's my initial thing, and I also feel like part, like, she feels like she's supposed to want that. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's definitely what's happening, and even the part where she, um, uses her people speaking on that boy earlier, Wilhelm, Wilhelm or whatever, Wilm, Wilm, I don't know how to pronounce his name, it's got an L and an H and a W and an M in it, it's very confusing, and an E and an I, don't forget the E, I think there's two E's, very, very weird, I don't know what this name is, (laughs) um, but anyways, uh, the only reason that she does, okay, this is gonna sound like I'm downplaying it, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to explain what the book says her thought process is. Well, her part of her motivation for yeah. doing what she did to Wilm. Yes, part of her motivation is that she likes the way that she feels around him because he's kind of like a very strong personality and she, when she's mirroring that, she likes that feeling and he calls her wild and she likes feeling wild. So she wants him to stay because she feels like if he leaves that version of her will leave Mm -hmm. and like there's no like romantic feeling or sexual feeling inherent in it and she does say at one point like pretty canon actually i think yeah true but i also think like she says at one point you should want to stay with me in her head like she knows that if he actually loved her he would want to stay Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't have to force him to so she knows that it isn't love. And I think she has enough healthy examples in her life of what love is that she has a pretty complete view of that. And I don't think she feels it. Mm. Or she hasn't yet. Or she just doesn't really... She, she thinks that she needs to or that she's expected to feel these ways one day. And her family and friends definitely tease her about it uh-huh. at one point with Conrad where they're like... Conrad's kind of interested in you, and she's like, ugh, whatever. Um, also, who wants to get with Conrad? Oh, <laughs> <Aww>. Conrad's fine. <laughs> we haven't really seen Conrad since the first book. Yeah, I don't think we needed to. I don't think we needed to either. Um, yeah, I didn't like how he showed up for five seconds in the end of the no, Wasn't this he book. in, like, River Secrets for the hot sec? Yeah, because he was part of the fighting. Yeah. But other than that, we haven't seen him. Um, but yeah, I think there's a very strong possibility that Rin is aromantic and possibly asexual as well. I think pretty definitely aromantic, though, regardless of 
sexuality. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I think... Are you ready to move on to ratings? Yeah. I think we've yeah. kind of covered everything. And we've been recording for over an hour. So, cool. you know, that's our normal length. Yeah. <laughs> so, on to ratings and conclusions. Yep. Who would you recommend this book to? People who liked the first three books. Agreed. <laughs> I would also say that if someone like wants to be introduced to this world in a more i don't know simplistic in a more simplistic way this is a good entrance into that this can honestly function as a first book of the series i think it can and then the rest can be like a flashback because that's kind of how i read it it can i like that should it maybe not but i think if you want to like this book maybe read it first yeah (laughs) um i would say i would i would just recommend it to people who liked it or people who happened upon it and be like oh this sounds interesting kind of like how you did yeah 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 because if you like the other books i would totally recommend reading this one true um it is a good like you get to see the characters grown up even if you don't like rin herself you get to see the other characters grown up, which is really cool. Yeah, and honestly, I would highly... Like, I know a lot of people do stop at the Goose Girl, but I would highly recommend reading Edna Burning and River Secrets. Yes. Too. Um, though, I think that your enjoyment of those is probably going to be a little bit different because Goose Girl has fairy tale structure and mm-hmm. um, Edna Burning is very... It's actually really cool. It's like up and down. Yeah, it's more like a real life story than a fairy tale yeah uh what was your nostalgia rating i don't know like a four out of five mine was somewhere in between a four out of five and a five out of five there were definitely certain scenes that i felt like i remembered very vividly but i definitely misremembered how they actually happened but i've definitely thought about this book throughout the years (laughs) yeah my thing with nostalgia in this series is that this is a series i do reread Mm -hmm. um every so often so it's not like i'm revisiting something that's strictly associated with me when i was 11 because i have Mm -hmm. reread this since i have not which might be why my nostalgia is stronger these are one this is one of the series that i will reread cool i'll need like i don't know like two more years before i can reread it again (laughs) but that's fair it's kind of a hefty series no more like because we've been talking about it forever that's true it's been months. Um, <laughs> Current rating? I want to use the Goodreads scale. Oh, God. So don't... It's going to be very harsh. I want to rate it a 2 out of 5. Oh Keep my in God. mind that the 2 on Goodreads is okay. Ah, I'm giving it a 4 out of 5 because I'm nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I did... I re- give River Secrets like a 5 out of 5, so... That's, that's your scale. Cool. Yeah. Honestly, I love this book so much. It was really good. It wasn't perfect, and it definitely had some pacing issues, um, at least for me. Someone needs an editor. Oh, Someone needs an editor, okay. Okay, actually, this is just going back to talking oh about God. the really quick. Yes. Um, something I do remember <laughs> is that she published this book with a ton of books. It, she did like mm, this book mm-hmm. and a ton of books in a very short time frame, and I remember something in some of the Goodreads reviews where people saying like, yeah, she shouldn't be rushing all these books because That's their fair. quality isn't as great and they're a little bit too commercial when she rushes them. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with commercial writing, but I do understand where that criticism comes from. Yeah. Is it possible that she had a ghostwriter? No. Okay. There's no way she had I a ghostwriter. I was just writer. floating the idea. I hate ghostwriters. Fair enough. Write the frickin' book if you want to write the book. Or credit the frickin' ghostwriter. Yeah. Not everyone needs to be an author. You don't have to write a book. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. don't use ghostwriters. If you're gonna for use ghostwriters, James don't Patterson, write it. I'm coming for you. I will Who? knock down your door. Who? I will take your computer away. Who the fuck are you talking about? James Patterson, Maximum Ride, Alex Ryder. Oh, I read Alex Ryder books before. Yeah, I will. Does he use a ghostwriter? So many. I will steal your computer. I will. I will talk to all the people. Who is hell is calling me? Okay, let's just finish this real fast. Okay. If you were one of these characters, who would you be? I'm going to... Just because... Someone's a self-insert, I'm going to have to say Ren. I also would have to say (laughs) Ren. I connected a lot with Ren on a personal level in this book. I hate that I'm saying Ren because I think I'm only saying Ren because of my... Low self-esteem. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I feel like... Okay, this is actually something that I did want to talk about that I didn't get to. Um, that I want to mention real quick is I feel like Rin, while being a self-insert character, also leaves the audience in um, a really good place. Like, at the end of the book, the question is floated, like, by Izzy to Rin what will you be? And I think it's kind of like a beautiful open ending to the series where readers are able to like ask themselves these questions, especially younger readers who are like, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. That's why I connect with Rin a lot. I connect with Rin because she's a self-insert. Okay, well. (laughs) I think the other character that we probably would both be kind of similar to is Razo because he is very good older I've sibling said, vibes. I've said Razo consistently through the series, so I would also stick with Razo. Yeah. Um, Fair. Yeah. Okay, that's all for this week. <laughs> Next time we'll be reading Matilda by Roald Dahl. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WTKA underscore podcast and at our website, link in the description. Thanks for listening. Read the books of Bayern and have a great day. Woo.